Hey everybody, it's Saturday, May 5th, 2012, and you're listening to episode 33 of the Non Sequitur Podcast. I'm joined on this Cinco de Mayo by... Kelly. Melissa. Amy. And I'm Luke. Uh, We are doing a four-person podcast for the first time in quite a while, so I hope we're able to live up to everyone's expectations. No. You don't think so? (laughs) No. You're not drinking on this episode. I don't know. If if we raise the inflection at the end of our sentences... We could also make it sound like a question all the time. Yeah. (laughs) What do you guys, true? (laughs) It's hard to do all the time. I have a weird like little rant to have. So it turns out whenever we do a podcast and I edit it, uh, I spend a lot of time looking at the waveform of our voices. And then for the next week after that, every time I'm watching TV or listening to a sermon or like listening to the radio, I am picturing what the waveform might look like for the speaker. And it drives me crazy. It's this weird psychological issue I have apparently. So, or you should just stop looking at waveforms. Well, I have to edit the podcast. I have to make us sound pretty, right? People don't want to listen to garbage. Apparently, we don't sound pretty by ourselves. I know. I'm wondering like what kind of auto-tuning he's been doing to me cuz I don't listen very often. Melissa, give me your best pretty voice. Um, mean like a princess pretty voice? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm like, not, I'm not sure what you meant. That's what I mean. I got to I got to make a sound pretty. Sul- oh, okay. And I spend like half the time so I was killing. thinking sultry like <laughs> Sex phone <laughs> voice, but all right. Well, give me your yeah, best sex phone voice. Me? Yes. I, I'm not drunk enough. I know. Last, last <laughs> podcast, it was like, hey, girl, what's up? That's right. How you doing? Was that the last one? Yes. It's been a long time, unfortunately. Yeah, it has. All right. Are we ready to jump into this? Yes. All right. Everybody's got four cards, one of a different color each. Uh, Kelly, how about you go first? I will go with green. Matches the tablecloth, sort of. <laughs> Lottery fever recently swept the nation. Did it? The, the Mega Millions was like $640 bazillion. Ooh, that's a lot of bazillions. All right. How do you feel about the concept of a lottery system? Do the benefits outweigh the drawbacks? So this has been a, a common discussion lately with people saying that the lottery is just a, a tax on stupid people because they don't understand the odds well enough to realize it's a bad investment. I mean, I understand not all of the money goes to the winner, obviously. So how does that work? Melissa, doesn't it go to education? At least well, in Washington? It, it, state by state, the, the, each state's lottery board determines how proceeds from the lottery are distributed. Because it's not like a, it's not like when you buy one of those 50-50 tickets or something at a, a sporting event or whatever where you pay into the pot and, and your prize is determined by how many people pay in. I mean, the lottery is set whatever amount regardless of how many people are buying tickets and then proceeds from those sales which would theoretically exceed whatever amount is being given out in the lottery go to pay for whatever that state decides in washington lottery monies do go pay to pay for schools i'm not entirely sure how and i'm not entirely sure how much because i've been living this whole education thing for a while, and nobody ever talks about, oh, yes, the portion of our money from the lottery is doing quite well. It's all, our state budget is going crazy, and our levies are failing, and, you know, all kinds of other chaos instead. So I don't know what the lottery's doing for me. So the mega millions we just had, is Washington part of it? Yeah. So in theory, with all of the money that came in, there should be some kind of boost for the education fund. Like you guys theoretically got a bigger portion than you normally would have because it was record highs. I have no idea. All right. Well, I honestly have no idea how that, how any of that works. I'm not even sure I buy it. Like, honestly, where is that money going? And I'm sure I could look it up, but I've never bothered to because I just don't care enough. 
Because it's not a reliable funding source. So it's not like I'm going to rely on well, that. Well, people to... are always buying lottery tickets, right? I mean, we, we're always going to have stupid people that don't get math. Okay, it's not a large enough funding okay. source. Even if it were reliable, it's not going to be big enough to ensure that my classroom has adequate heating. Textbooks, heating. No, this week it's been really cold in there and I can't quite figure out why. So do we have, do we feel that lottery systems are like immoral or unethical on any grounds? Or is it just something that people are free to choose to contribute to, participate in? I mean, how do you feel about gambling in general? I'm not a big fan of gambling because I, I don't see the benefit personally. So I'm being selfish in that. There's something about the lottery. I've known a lot of people that get really hooked on it. It's it's the pursuit of a winner. I think for, for a lot of people, it's not even whether or not they've got more money coming in from the lottery than going out. People that play scratch tickets and stuff. It's that, that joy of being like, whoa, I won 50 bucks. It's like a slot machine. A little bit. I, I mean, if you're talking scratch tickets, it's the same thing as a slot machine, really, except that you're feeding in a, a dollar and you get to physically scratch the scratch ticket something. instead of... Well, you don't get to pull the handle on the slot machine anymore. What's the point of slot machines if all you're doing is pushing a button? I want to pull the giant handle. Is there really no handles anymore? No giant handles anymore. What? It is a button. I think it's a touchscreen in the new ones. Ugh. My only real complaint about it is that they're taking, you know, all that nicely dispersed money and then putting it in one person's hands. <laughs> That's a good point. Which then is more often than not very a disaster. poorly used. Everybody yeah. ends up going bankrupt usually. Yeah. People don't do a good job planning. It's very, yeah. So that's that's my only real complaint about it. But other than that, I have no problem with People the People are welcome to. Yeah, do what they want with their money. What would you do with the $168 million, I think? I would buy a boat and I'd go to Disney World. That would, be a that very, would be a long very trip. Long trip. <laughs> Panama Canal, man. I know. I'm just saying that'd be a long Takes trip. And I'd buy a puppy. To get through the canal. And a puppy. On the boat with you? Especially yes. if you run into the side. Yeah. It's going to be a fairly large boat. So Kelly, would you be drinking on your boat? Oh, heck yeah. So the good good chance of him running into the side of the Panama Canal. <laughs> I, I see that happening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're actually not sailing through. Well, you have to move through it somehow. Well, yeah, they... I don't rope. think... Do they rope it's you It's a down? set of locks. Yeah. Do they rope you in, though? No, but you're going to have... The only reason Amy mentions running into the side is that our grandparents took a cruise through the Panama Canal and their cruise ship somehow crashed into the side of the canal and was damaged enough that they had to be evacuated from the boat. Just temporarily until they could assess the damage? Awkward. (laughs) I don't remember. I think I was in second grade. All I remember is that my grandparents... They will never go back to the Panama Canal. My grandparents and great aunt were at... Were, they were up like they got to go and like meet the captain and stuff, and they were up in that room when it happened. Wow, so it was their fault? Yes, they were distracting the the crew. Hey, what are all these buttons for? What is that, this knob? No, not the that one. That, that one of them, one of them caused the crash. Awesome! Don't touch that. That's the history eraser button, you fool! <laughs> all right, that was my really bad rim. I know. Yeah. Uh, this is a listener question. Josh from Lacey asks, what is your favorite place, not event, that you've actually been to? Favorite place? Mm-hmm. No, what if the place is, so not event, so if it's an event as well, it falls completely, like, so saying PAX doesn't count because it's, PAX Cause it's is an the event. event, I'd have to really like the Washington State Convention Center. Correct. Okay. <laughs> Which is... Uh, kind of an awful place, actually. A little bit. Yeah. Got, got cool escalators, but that's about that's it. That's about it. Escalators mm. are terrible. Place. Why? I hate them. They're the wrong height. Wrong height? You you stand on escalators. I hate standing on escalators. They move too slow. 
wow. <laughs> I'd like to see these high speed escalators. I know, that I'm just Amy proposes. Like people like get like a little bit of air as they get thrown <laughs> they get off, the top, off of the top. <laughs> there's pat, there's like bean like bags at the end just in case. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I think Amy's on to something. We need high speed escalators. There'd be a lot of blood and guts at the bottom of those things. I mean, seriously, when you're coming, well, off, you're coming when down, you're coming down, then you would just get compressed and trip. Yeah. Mm. I like this. Fall backwards. I will fund your Kickstarter. If you start a Kickstarter, I will give you money. High speed escalators. That's my favorite place. Four times high normal high speed. speed escalators. <laughs> that you've actually been to. Where are these high speed ex- escalators you've actually been brain. to? In my brain. I don't know. Um, man, favorite place. This is going to sound so weird, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say the shower, if that counts as a place. I enjoy <laughs> I enjoy the shower. Just like that quiet and peacefulness of being in a place where I'm not distracted by the internet or anybody else. And I can just think, does that count as a place? I don't know. Like uh, an event. I don't know. Like, could I count a restaurant as a, as a place? Yeah. But is the, is the restaurant about the food and is the food an event? You're making this way more way. complicated than it needs All to right, be. All right, Kelly, answer the question. Disney World. Is that a place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a freaking place. Well, but, <laughs> not an event. But like... I know Amy's. How is it not... Well, why would it have to be both? Well, I don't know what an event counts as. Like if you... Like how about like the concert Scottish Games so how, a concert? How yeah. is riding on Ferris wheels and roller coasters not an event? Because it's there regardless of whether or not Kelly is there. And it, it is always there versus a concert or PAX is there temporarily and then goes away. Hmm. Disney Would Disneyland World, World still be the same without like employees or electricity though? Without me? That, it doesn't say that. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. I, I wish yeah. Josh was more clear. Okay. Well, it does not have to be some like natural formation. I mean, it could be your favorite place could be the Grand Canyon or whatever, which, you know, exists with or without you in exactly the same way. But it could also be a place where civilization occurs. And yes, things are changing and things are happening. And there may be events that make you like that place. But the place itself is what you enjoyed. Yeah. I'm having a hard time with this one. I know my favorite city I've ever actually been to was Boston. I don't know that it was my favorite place I've ever been to, but I'm having trouble coming up with a, a more definitive answer. So I'm going to go with Boston for today. Hmm. Amy? Melissa says she knows what it is. I want to know what she thinks yeah. it is. Melissa, what is the answer to Amy's? Amy's favorite place is London. Are you kidding me? That's true. Oh, wow. <laughs> Boston, London, Disney World. Amy and her fr- Amy made her friends like... Choose Canada, Lou. Travel into the city <laughs> on their layover I in didn't. London. I pointed out that it was possible. Everybody else wanted to do it. I cautioned them about timing, and then I got to be the one responsible for making sure that everyone could get. This was a layover in London on their way to Rwanda. And it right. worked out? It was like a 12-hour totally layover, layover. But, you know, she and was like, got- hey, let's go see London and take our picture in front of Big Ben. I think I made, said it as a joke, and everybody took me seriously. All right. She was serious. I'm going to retract my answer of the shower. And say Canada. And say... Canada. Or Oregon. <laughs> Mount Rainier. I'm going to say... That's what I, I thought you would say. That Camp Muir hike was really, really cool. So... I think that's another one of your favorite places, Melissa. Oh, but was I that an like event, it. Luke? I, was well, that an event? I don't event? know. No, was your like... bachelor party an event, Ma- Luke? See, would I have enjoyed is... it without the other three characters? That's what I'm not sure. But you like Mount Rainier. You're an idiot. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you like Mount Rainier, and there have been multiple events in your life that have all taken place at Mount Rainier. Ooh, yeah, but, I can think of but them. But that's what I'm saying. Things. Like, 
is proposing to you a place. No. No, but Mount Rainier, which you have been to on several occasions and enjoyed each time, is a place. This is true. Just go with it. I've just never been there by myself. Your answer is Mount Rainier. All right, my answer is Mount Rainier. And apparently I'm an idiot. All right, Amy, go. I clearly won that question, <laughs> by the way. Uh, would you rather be a deep sea diver or a modern astronaut? Ooh. Uh, I will go with diving because space scares the crap Yo, out of like me. There's like hella turbulence on a shuttle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You would no. not You would not enjoy that I'm ride cool at all. <laughs> with any of <laughs> any of space at all. The void, the space shuttle ride, all of it scares the ever-loving On the way in, on the way out. I'm yeah. good with staying on the surface of the planet for the rest of my or life. Or possibly under the water. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with swimming. All, all right. I can think of is the impossible astronaut rises from the deep. Is this a book? Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Why would it's an, an astronaut, astronaut underwater coming up. That doesn't make any sense. Watch Doctor Who. It'll make total sense. Oh, Melissa, is that true? Would it make any more sense if I watched it? Yeah. How, why would an astronaut come from under the water? Well, she's not actually an astronaut. Is she? Yes. And I have like gender issues. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be an astronaut. I think it'd be cool to see the Earth <laughs> from not on the Earth. Apart from on a plane, which is kind of the same thing, but not really. Just further away. Plus, right. I can't swim. Not that that really matters, because if you're a deep sea diver, you're not really swimming, I don't think, anyway. They don't want you to float if you're a deep sea diver. That's so true. I'd okay. be good at it. Yeah, I could actually float <laughs> off. I'm going to go with astronaut. I don't think I would actually enjoy either of them very much, to be honest. Um, but I don't really like underwater tunnels. Freaking much. you out. A little bit. Um, I don't know that outer space would be any less scary, but I've never been there, so I don't know the discomfort well enough to say. So. I was listening to an interview with astronauts the other day that were actually on the space station uh, giving the interview. So there was a little bit of time delay, but otherwise it was a great interview. And the guy on the ground asked, like, what is the thing that caught you off guard the most? What was the thing like you weren't prepared for? And he said that uh, he wasn't prepared for things in the garbage can coming back out whenever he opened the <laughs> lid. So because you know people had thrown things in there or he'd thrown things in there and he'd go to like flip open the lid and all the stuff would just come pouring back out. And it's not so bad when it's like big things wadded up paper or whatever, but the, like small little scraps of things had been thrown in there. And so all these tiny little particles just go whoosh, sucked out by the top opening. Why weren't those things just launched into outer space? Wait, what? Why would they do that? Just to, you know, I don't know. We, we don't just throw garbage outside. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Here's my here's my thinking. That you know, they're in space, right? Yes. So these things would just, you know, you know, you launch them at the planet and <laughs> No, I'm I'm serious. You launch them at the planet, they're just gonna burn up the second they hit the atmosphere. But so. you have to open up some kind of hatch and release some of your oxygen with them. <sighs> Okay, minimal oxygen. Anyway, but, what they ended up doing on his particular uh, space station journey was they had a bunch of like wet wipes, and whenever they would just run out of wet wipes, they would just keep those little containers, and if they had small objects, they would just put them in there and then close them and then throw that in the garbage. Yeah, that was their solution. Yep. Apparently, also, what I was thinking about as he was talking was like, if you ever had to repair anything, like your camera breaks or something malfunctions, and you're sitting there trying to like unscrew these little screws, but then the screws are like floating away. So I hope they have tape or some kind of like system for yeah. affixing these things. That'd be terrible. Like your wrench is floating away as you're trying to get the screws as the spring is. Or like you're off. trying to walk the dog and they're just totally floating away. Right? That happens all the time when I'm in space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all these things you never think about. You're trying to train your dog and they're just, you know, floating away, not behaving. I would not want a dog with me on the space <laughs> station. It's a terrible idea. Just imagine cleaning up after that thing. All right. It's my turn. <laughs> oh my. Um, I'll do a green one. All right. 
Facebook recently purchased Instagram for $1 billion. How do you feel about this photo sharing service and its inevitable growth? Well, you, we all know how you feel well, about it. Okay, sure. So I'll go last, but... Or maybe you should start us off since you have so much to say. Instagram is the devil. Yeah. Actually, for a long time... So I'm actually bummed about this because I spent like a few weeks trying to figure out how to not have Instagram show up on my friends list at all on Facebook. So people that were linking from, from Instagram... I blocked the the application and then people who were still like managing to like take Instagram pictures and upload them, upload, I just unfriended them or turned off, (laughs) turned off their updates altogether. Rude. I really hate Instagram. And then, then, why why do you hate it so much? Because it makes pictures look terrible. I was looking at a picture of baby toes the other day that someone had taken. I thought the baby had died. (laughs) Like, Like the skin was like this, like pale bluish, like super gross, horrible. It was awful. (laughs) <laughs> and like I had a friend that went on a great snow adventure up, you know, I don't know, in the mountains over this last holiday. And the snow was all like purple because she put on some sweet filter. And like, I just, I think people are going to look back on these pictures five, 10 years from now and just regret these awesome moments that they had that everything looks vintage or discolored. Hmm. Okay. And so now I'm just worried that like Instagram is going to end up coming into Facebook so that people can take pictures that they've really taken on a real camera and then Instagram them, and then put them on their Facebook feed. And then I'll be really mad. And then I'll unfriend all of you. <laughs> so, anyway, what do you guys think? Do you care? Do you have Instagram followers, friends, people? Kelly, do you use it? You have an iPhone. I've never used it. Okay. The big, the big thing that caused it to catch on was that it's like a photo sharing service. So if Kelly has like a roll of, quote unquote, Instagram film on his site, people can just go through all the photos, and he can just tag them or link them onto Facebook at his discretion. But... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't even realize that the Instagram photo, when I, when I first started noticing Instagram on pictures, I didn't realize that there was a filter that they, these pictures were going through. So I don't know. I don't, I, I actually think some of them look pretty cool, to be honest. There's an artist. I mean, there, yeah, there, some things obviously look stupid with Instagram on them, but I, I see why people like it. So. There are filters that allow it to look like a toy camera with, with plastic lenses. So it's all like kind of blurry and distorted. Yeah. And I'm like, why would you do that to your photograph? Like, yeah. And I, honestly, as, as long as Facebook isn't requiring all of my photographs to be processed through Instagram, <laughs> I really don't care whether they've been, you know, got it on their website or not. So how do you feel about $1 billion, Melissa? Is that a gross amount of money? Actually, what was funny was that when the news first broke, all of the media outlets reporting on the purchase were using that quote from Austin the, Powers. No, from the Social Network. Oh yes, yes. Where where Justin Timberlake is saying, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. You know what's cool? A, a billion, billion dollars. dollars. I think Zuckerberg just doesn't understand units of of currency less than a billion dollars. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's his new like right. one dollar bill. It's like, yeah, I'll buy one of those. Amy, you have friends that probably use Instagram. Yes. How do you feel about their pictures? Some of them are fine. Some of them are washed out. The washed out ones are annoying. The rest of them, I don't really care. Well, okay, so here's my question. How is this any worse from any of the other really terrible pictures people have been posting and in the old days, you know, actually sharing with each other? I mean, I'm thinking about my 70 pictures or something from my trip to Ireland. I spent five weeks in Ireland. I took 70 pictures. That's tragic. I don't know how (laughs) I would have done that in the first day. I had to keep them all because there were only 70 of them, even though... 
quite a few of them are terrible because I can't take I can't take good pictures. I didn't have a great camera. It was just like whatever. I need something to remember this. So I took pictures of ran pretty random stuff. I'll I've never even seen these. Oh well, they're terrible. <laughs> and I've I've shown them to tons of people as like the big memory of my trip, but. Most people don't take good pictures. The vast majority of us, the vast majority of our pictures are not very good. And so I don't see how putting them through a goofy filter makes them any worse than most of our blurry, stupid pictures are anyway. Like the fact that we don't take very good pictures or that we don't have very good cameras is more of a problem than the fact that we have access to purple alien filters or whatever. (laughs) I'm when just, is that service coming? That's already there. They're, the Purple like, Alien service? Uh, well, no, that's different. That sounds like some kind of erotic website. I don't even know. <laughs> no, the, the, the Eroticize your photographs with purple aliens. We might have to Photoshop that later. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what that looks like. No, but one of the fascinating things was when, when it went from iOS to Android, those couple weeks before the acquisition, all of the iOS people were like hipstering it and be like, get off my bandwagon. I was here first. It was cool before you guys joined and got all mad. So I'm sure when the Facebook acquisition happened, they flipped out. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Opening up the floodgates for the unwashed masses. Like whatever, whatever. I, I was used, your first. I used, it, I used it six months ago in the first like two hours yeah, and it was I, I don't available, but then like three other people noticed it. So I stopped <laughs> using it. Pretty much. Then I cut my wrists. <laughs> All right, Kelly, you're next. <laughs> Just because, you know, it was in again. It was in again. Yeah. Uh, blue. Periwinkle blue. Jeez. From Allison in Seattle. What should I do when I go to Ireland? Oh, I know what wow. you should do. I know what you should do. You should go to the Blarney Stone and give it a good smooch. No, you shouldn't, actually. What is, what is that? It sounds gross. Or not. Well, so, so I went to Blarney Castle. What are the odds of this happening like that, by the way? I don't know. Um, so I went to Blarney Castle and I climbed all the way up to the Blarney Stone, and I just could it's not... It's on top of a castle, is it? It is. Oh. I could not bring myself to kiss that disgusting rock. Wait, wait, what is it? What do you mean? Is it literally, is it literally, silly is it literally just a rock? It's a rock, Well, and it's a really inaccessible rock. Like, they actually have people on staff there whose job is to hold your arms while you sit in this really uncomfortable position, lean back over the parapet of the castle to kiss this rock, and then sit back up without dying. The rock is outside of the castle? Yes. Like on a cliff? No. It's part of the castle, but it's part of the outside of the castle. We'll find a picture and include it with the podcast. How about that? Okay. Yes. Um, it's quite dangerous. <laughs> See, I um, thought I, the, the only picture I've ever seen of the Blarney Stone is one where it was out in the middle of a field and it was lovely and everyone was coming up and prancing to it and giving it a little smooch. Well, that's not the Blarney Stone. And apparently not. Uh, <laughs> I want you to continue talking like that for this right. whole question. Blarney Castle is overpriced. It is... Not at all interpreted or curated in any way. I mean, they have some minimal safety features to keep you from actually dying out in the castle. The grounds are far more exciting than the castle itself. Um, The one thing I really realized going through the castle was just how horrible it would have been to live in one of these castles in the Middle Ages. The rooms are so small. The doorways are so narrow. And there's absolutely no way that it could have possibly been warm anywhere in this stupid place. So it's worth going to a castle. I don't know if Blarney Castle is the one you want to go to unless you happen to be in the area, in which case it's the only thing to do. All right. Well, then where in Ireland would you but, suggest But, I mean, if, definitely, <laughs> I mean, you got to spend some time in Dublin. And there's tons to do in Dublin, depending on what you like. More than enjoy. just museums and pubs? Well, there's a lot of both of those. The museums in Ireland are free, Ooh. Um, which is pretty awesome. So you can just go and see them. They're, they're considered like cultural heritage sites. Um, Galway, you should go to Galway. I don't, 
I don't know what time of year you told me and I can't remember what time of year you'll be there, but Galway was my favorite city. Um, there's tons of art and culture and just stuff to, I didn't know what I was going to do when I got there. I just wanted to go see the city. A lot of food, a lot of people, a lot of kind of street. Actually, I saw street performers in Galway that I'd seen in Vancouver what? or someplace. It was crazy. Like people I recognized. Like Darth Vader playing a fiddle? No, no, they were acrobats. Ooh. Derek and Daisy. Um, remember their names? Yes. You were there five years ago. I know. I know. Wow. But they were they were quite good. Um, but like there was a a dance, a modern dance performance going on that I happened to find out about. So I went and it was literally the best dance concert I've ever been to in my entire life, which sounds ridiculous, but I really enjoy dance. No, so those Irish, fun. they know how to dance a hearty jig. It was not a jig. Um, well, you know. But that's all right. They adapted um, it to Lots that. of music. <laughs> I, I would say do, do your research before you go to see what's happening while you're there. That, I mean, that really helped me, was kind of having a few ideas of things to do. Uh, I would not recommend the pub, the like paid for pub crawls. If you want to go see a bunch of pubs, go see a bunch of pubs. But the trouble with the pub crawls is they don't give you long enough to drink anything. Like actually anything? Well, I mean, you have time to order a drink. But if you order a pint of something. Just chug it. You're either going to <laughs> That be, is the correct way to visit Ireland. Yeah, by the way. Be drunk at the first stop, in which case you won't enjoy any of the rest of the tour. That's how pub crawls go or, usually. What tour? Like, it's to go get drunk, isn't it? Not, not Rapid drunkenness. Yes. Well, but I mean, there's the musical pub crawls where you're supposed to hear music in different pubs. All of the pubs, by the way, are completely crammed full of people. Um, you're much better off just finding a pub and going in and hanging out. But yeah, Dublin's a good city. Galway's a good city. I didn't go to Belfast, but everybody who went said it was lovely, except for the fact that being the UK... Uh, they allow smoking indoors, which yeah, Ireland does not. Middle ages. The Republic of Ireland does not allow smoking indoors, <laughs> which means, of course, everybody stands right outside the door of the pub to smoke. Yeah, it's um, better. It actually, they breathe it straight inside, in. Inside, <laughs> so the people inside don't get it's not left so bad out. You know? It's not so bad. Are there like um, museums for potato famine knowledge? Uh, we went to the <laughs> Potato Famine Memorial. In oh, Dublin. wow. Did okay. you know the Potato Famine Memorial in New York City is larger than the Potato Famine Memorial in Dublin? That is. Well, that's because those stupid Americans, they like to outdo everyone, don't they? No, it's actually because there are more people of Irish descent living in the United States than there are living in Ireland. There's one sitting right here with tattoos to prove it. Oh, that's true. He's a strapping young man. So, lad, isn't he? Uh, you know, the, go to Dublin, go to Galway, go to Belfast, uh, see a castle or two. You will see sheep inevitably, so enjoy those. Do not touch the sheep. Their owners are very, very protective. St. <laughs> Patrick's Cathedral is pretty. Um, yeah, so, you know, enjoy, have fun on your trip. That is all. I have, I have, a, I have nothing to contribute to. I have to a this. tangent. Yes. All right, so uh, one time I went up to Seattle and uh, met some friends up there with uh, our, our good friend Aaron, actually, and his cousin and some other people that I didn't really know. But uh, one of these people I didn't really know also could do a fairly good uh, Irish accent. So he and I decided we were going to pretend we were uh, foreigners in for, <laughs> you know, a vacation, a little uh, visiting our cousins. How many people bought you drinks that night? So many people. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> why have you not done this again? You can again? pull that I off as know. an American in Ireland too, by yeah. the way. And I had the tattoo at the time, uh, just the just the clover at that time. So uh, it was quite easy. I just, you know, hey, I'm from Ireland. How you doing? <laughs> wow. I cannot believe you've not used this for evil more I, than once. I knew girls on my trip who never bought drinks. They got drunk pretty much every night we were there and never bought drinks. <laughs> wow. Being a cute American will get you drunk, I guess. So good luck, Alison. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you must do now. All right. Changing topics. This or that. 
We're going to have a fight on our hands. Oh, boy. Oh, dear. Yeah, cats or dogs. <gasps> cats. Okay, before we dogs. answer that question, can I have my yellow card? <laughs> yes, yes. Amy's yellow card is highly relevant. To this All right, we will, we will jump to Amy's yellow card. Yesterday at work, I was talking to a customer who apparently had a dog in her cart and it bit me. What? You got bit on the job? Yes. I think a lawsuit. Did you get an L and I claim? Yes. Um, we filed a report, but because it only barely broke the skin in terms of Doesn't like, matter. Yeah. That's like saying if I like stab you with a knife and it didn't actually cut you, like I'm not at fault for assault. We filed a report, <laughs> but if I don't go to the doctor, then like there's nothing about L and I that has to happen. Mm. They've done all the things that they have to do. I don't have to do anything with L and I, but I got bit by a dog. Was it like a tiny little like carry around dog? It was a comfort dog that supposedly. What does that even mean? It means waiting. that they claim it's a service animal. They're waiting oh. for the service tags, except apparently in the state of Washington, which the state of Washington needs to change this, comfort dogs don't have to be trained or tagged as a service animal. That's true. Yeah. Even if they are, even though they're considered a service animal, which is. Highly irritating. Wait, tell me, is it like a Jack Russell Terrier? Like, what kind of dog? It was a small little black dog. It bit me. Racist. I don't know what it looked like other than it was a small little black dog, <laughs> and they kicked the dog what? out of the store. Wait, without the lady attached to it? Like, they just <laughs> threw out the door and said goodbye? <laughs> well, basically... Like she had the stuff she was trying to buy, right? Yes. So, dog bit me. I walked away from her into the break room. One of my coworkers said, what's going on? I said, I, I turned around and looked at her, and I said, I got bit by a dog. She walked out of the room into the office. Picked up the phone, said MOD call one, two, three, then got on the headset. No, seriously, now. <laughs> Should you be revealing these codes to us? I feel like this is like high tech. One, two, three stuff. is the phone number for the office. Awesome, mode. I'm calling. Oh, yeah. And they came on the headset, what's going on? Um, go to the break room now. They came into the break room and everyone flipped out. And they found the dog. So, and, and the lady is just like out in the store still biting people? No. <laughs> the lady's not biting anyone. She's, she's brandishing the dog threateningly. Like, the, lady, the lady felt terrible and like had no problem taking the dog out of the store or anything. But didn't she have to like sign the report and stuff? But she too? had to, like, they had to find her so that she could fill out a report and they could have the dog removed from the building. And yeah, I got bitten by a dog. At so, work. So, At work. I'd been there for like half an hour. So what is this, what's the answer to the question that Melissa drew? Um, I don't dogs. like dogs. I, I don't like dogs. I will tolerate my friend's dogs, but I don't like dogs. Well, how do you feel about cats? As long as they don't use their teeth, they're fine. Cats always use their teeth. So now you have to choose. Dogs use teeth or cats use teeth? No. Cats I know are many, many jerks. cats that don't bite people. That's a fallacy. There is no cat that does no. not bite people. I've never met a cat that didn't try to bite me. Yeah. Well, that's because they can smell your fear. It's true. true. <laughs> no, they all like me. It's weird. They, they, they sense that I don't want to be anywhere near them because I'll die. And it's their and they passive come right aggressive, up to me and they're like, hey. Their passive aggressive way of getting you out of your All, all cats are trying to kill their human owners. or Stephanie's, their Stephanie's cat did not bite me at all, ever. Really, I, I'm fine with cats. They don't bite me. So you're mo more pro-cat than more pro-dog? Yeah. She's actively anti-dog today. Like, clearly. It hurts. Yes. Anytime I put my arm on something. I've been bitten by dogs twice. So yes, cats more than twice. So we shouldn't really count it by numerical bitings. All right, <laughs> Melissa. Uh, I do prefer cats to dogs, largely because, well, for example, when I was out for my run today, I encountered both cats and dogs. The dogs all ran out and tried <laughs> to bark at me and or chase me away from their territory. The cat, I actually chased the cat down the sidewalk. <laughs> it was too stupid to just like step off into the grass. It's like, cat, I'm running here. I'm not going to stop following you. You keep running in a straight line. It was kind of a dumb cat, but that really exemplifies my experience with cats versus dogs. 
So I am overwhelmingly pro-cat. I'm one of those people. That, actually, at church the other day, someone came up to me and they're like, so we've got uh, five kittens. Do you think we could just bring them down to the children's area and let the kids play with them? And then the parents will just have to keep them because the kids already have claimed them. And I was like, how about you just bring them to my house? I was like, let's just skip right to the end and I'll take all your kittens. Why not? Well, for one, we can't have animals here. Kelly, how do you feel about kittens? I love kittens, but I can't be near uh, them. We can put you in a plastic bag. No. Put air hole <laughs> breathing be uncomfortable. Ports. Okay, fine. Wait, I thought you were getting Sweat shots for lot. that. I getting tested on the 15th for my allergy shots. So To, to be reminded that you're very allergic to cats? Like this Basically, need- <laughs> yeah. No, I haven't been to the allergist for like six years, so they're like, well, we need to retest you just in case. Like, whatever. You're not looking forward to that, are you? No. They're gonna Is it on your arm or your back? Arm. Okay. But they're going to poke me full of little holes. Awesome. Yeah. They did that to me when I was in fourth grade and Melissa flipped out. <laughs> Melissa, have you ever been allergy uh, tested? Both arms. You look like a drug dealer. You look like a you look like the underbelly of a pig is what you look like. What? what? How does the underbelly of a pig has a bunch of little holes? Well, a bunch of little like you know teats. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So how they, does needle they, marks look like teats? They put well, they no, they put an allergen on your skin and then they prick. Oh the skin. yeah, yeah. So it gets like so little then, pimples or whatever. So then your skin, even when you're not in, allergic in to parallel things, lines, it'll, it'll okay, become slightly inflamed. I can kind of see. So you where have you're all these pink, still weird, red, you know, angry bumps yeah. all over your arms. Right. So you're more pro dog. I take it. Yes, I am quite pro dog. I like dogs a lot. If you could completely remove the allergy factor. Still I pre- would still prefer dogs because dogs are sweeter than cats. I'll buy for that. the most part. I'll buy the sweetness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like. I miss my dog a lot. So, and at some point, I'm going to get another one. But yeah, not yet. All Stupid right. apartment. Three cats and one dog. She dogs had. I did my yellow card. card. That was your yellow card. That was yours. Okay, so then I will also pull my yellow card. Um. My yellow card is important because it was red on a podcast that I like a lot. Wait, so, I thought you said it was yellow. What? Now you're saying it's red? Did I say red? You said it was red. Okay. My <laughs> yellow card is important to me because it was red on okay, a podcast. Okay, you just said it was red. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> Luke, you, you, Kelly is trolling you. Are you really? Because <laughs> you are saying red, R E A D. And he is teasing uh, Red on a podcast. Yeah. I see how that yeah. played out. Good job, Kelly. I totally did not catch that. I win. It would, have been, like, it would have been like another three times before I would have figured that out. <laughs> uh, no, so on the uh, This Is Only a Test podcast that they, the guys on Tested do, uh, they have listener questions. I uh, recorded a question, sent it in, and Will got all excited. He said it was the best question in terms of audio quality that they had ever received. I recorded it with this stuff. And uh, most people just use their phones sure, or whatever sure. else. So he was like so excited. He was like, I don't even care what the question is. It's so good. I'll answer anything he says. And then they got into a great discussion about what the answer would be. So I'm going to include that spliced into the podcast. So this is your question? This is my question them? to them. So we will answer it, and then you'll hear what their version of the answer is. Perfect. All right. You are on an airplane at 10,000 feet. You have five parachutes at your disposal. Four work perfectly, but one is entirely faulty. For five million tax-free dollars, would you select one of those parachutes and jump out? Yes. Am I by myself in the airplane? Yes. Do I have to jump out or could I land? You could elect not to take the money and just land. Well, I would land the plane. Yeah, Amy? I would land the plane. All right. Let's say we change the ratio. Let's say there are 20 parachutes. 19 are good and one is bad. Would that be enough to cause you to jump for five million tax-free dollars? Land the plane. I would still probably land the plane because... Well, the idea of, you know, falling through the air is kind of fun. 
I would want to guarantee that I would not die. 99 are good and one is bad. I would want to guarantee that I would not die. Melissa? I don't want my first skydive to be in a... Well, five million dollars emergency situation alone. I agree because I know what to do. Okay, I'm on the plane with a, you then. So, are you gonna jump too? Do I have a good parachute, or are we both taking a gamble? Do you have five bad parachutes and two of them are bad, or <laughs> something like that? Oh. Then one of you is almost guaranteed to die. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. It, let's say you and I are jumping one. tandem, so we're attached to each uh, other. No. See. No. Still no. Okay. What What way does this work for twenty parachutes for you? Well, if it's twenty parachutes, one is bad. Mm-hmm. If we both take parachutes and we both jump. Only one of our parachutes could be bad. That's true. One of us will live and watch the other one die. Well, but see, here's the thing. <laughs> but here's the thing is that theoretically, if your parachute opened and... Well, theoretically, we could still live. I don't know how, but... Oh, so I'd one still of you... One, okay, so here's the idea. Okay, I know where she's getting at. So, like, one of you holds on to the other one and then oh. you pull, a, pull your cord and be like, okay, this one worked. So just hold on to me. <laughs> is, that, is that your logic? Or something, well, yeah, because that's like the worst you know. case scenario what you do if your parachute doesn't open. <clears throat> all yeah. Right, all right. Yeah, but I mean, you'd plummet like a rock with two people on a single person parachute, but... So, Kelly, I didn't pressure I, you hard enough. I still think I would land the plane, but... Kelly, I didn't pressure you hard enough. You said yes on the four to one ratio. Yes. Do you really stand by that? Yeah. That is terrifying. That's basically yeah. Russian roulette. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you'd do Russian roulette for $5 million? No, well, wouldn't. then why would you do this? Because it's a... Uh... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some weird disconnect between Russian roulette because it's an instant. Yeah, like you don't true. even know that you've lost. Whereas this one, you're falling from a plane thinking, I wonder if I chose the right one. I wonder if you would like instantly pull it or if you'd wait and just do it like a normal person would. What do you think Ooh, you'd do? There's, an, there's a way to beat it. Yeah. Do you think okay. you would? Uh, inst- I would I would take two parachutes. You can't strap- take two parachutes. Why not? It's against the rule. You get zero dollars. You just end up jumping out of plane. <sighs> All right. Um. Wait, if you guys both jumped, you get ten million dollars. Is that how that works? Yes, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. I still think I'd land the plane. The more I'm thinking about this, <laughs> clearly the girls are not going to take their lives into their hands. Even yeah. I think Amy with like a thousand parachutes and one of them's bad wouldn't do it. I think you're scared of jumping out of a plane. No, I just don't want to die jumping out of a plane. But a thousand parachutes. I'd be more terrified to land the plane. I'm pretty sure I'd crash <laughs> Truth, it. With the luck that I've had in the last two days, I would end up with the bad one. That's true. So Kelly for five, I would, and then I would get bit by a dog on the way down. <laughs> on the way down. <laughs> Drive by biting the the dog is like needling past her. Just <laughs> no, no, a goose, one of those Canada geese flying in formation. <laughs> Kelly, five parachutes. You sticking by that answer? Uh, sure. <laughs> you are a crazy, crazy person. Uh, yeah. So everybody else can listen to the actual answer that people gave. I have to say this next question is probably the best produced question we've ever had. Like, I didn't even listen to the question. It sounded so good when I listened to the first bit. I was like, no, we're running this. He could ask whatever he wants, and I'm going to run it. It sounds so good. All right. And it's short. So here you go. And if not, what is the minimum ratio of good to bad parachutes that would make you jump? So there's one dud parachute out of five? Well, first of all, I would not do it for $5 million. The slight deviation in mathematics, five versus six aside, really, this is just a fancy way of saying, would you spin the chamber on a revolver and pull the trigger? That's and true. Would you, well, if you're talking about like a 45 Magnum, it would be five chambers. Okay. 44 Magnum. Right. And so I wouldn't do that. And so I don't know why this is any different. There's, it's well, different well, because there's the thrill of when you jump out of an airplane, you don't pull the chute immediately. So there's that, you know, there's, you have like, a, few, there's like a 30 second, maybe 20 seconds of... Uncertainty, and, uncertainty and dread. Uncertainty. It's like as if 
pulling the trigger on the revolver no, no, no. took 20 seconds for the, any bullet to possibly the, fire. The, the action of pulling the trigger on the revolver? Yeah. Is that, that, the, but there's no, that's going to feel like an eternity. Right. But there's no time. I mean, if you're going to do it with a revolver, you just pull it and you just pull the trigger. You do it real fast. Have you done this before? No, but you, I it's not like taking do. off a bandaid, you're Norm. To. You're, you're potentially going to blow your brains out. If you out. had to, you yeah, you're going to ease into that. But if you're going to do it, you're going to do it quickly. You have a very, in, no, why would you slow, why would you, no, in, th- in theory. Yeah. Yes. I think you will find this is one of those things where the theory and the practice are very if you different. you had to do it or you would die no matter what. Yeah. Then I go. Then you just go. Yeah. But if it was, the, the if, it's, parachute, if the plane's perfectly fine, if the parachute, it, so are you suggesting the parachute, parachute scenario is worse because you're stuck with yes. a period of doubt as opposed to the revolver? Oh yeah, the period can... of doubt is agonizing. Um, so <laughs> to answer the question, like the, the you know, however yeah. unlikely, how many parachutes? Scenario, how many? Uh, good I wouldn't parachutes? do it for five parachutes for five million dollars. Uh, if the money amount stayed the same, I would do it for. 20, 20 parachutes. You take a one in twenty chance. Yeah. Of de- Do you think you could are, for five million dollars? Are you thinking that you could practice beforehand, like practice like a little swoop at the end, so maybe you don't no, die on impact? Twenty to one, and only three of us doing it. I think. Oh, hold on. Okay. Who goes first? Well, it, like, does Gary go first? And I get to see whether his parachute. No, no, no. You each, you, you, I think or is it that we each you, have you, a pool? you each have your own set. Yeah, you, you each have your own set. So you're all taking the same risk. Yeah. It's not like we're going around the table with a, with a revolver and like me and Norm clicked on an empty yeah, chamber. No so now, so now your that. odds look really bad. No, there's no, no. way. But twenty shoots, twenty to one with five million bucks. I think. Uh, huh. I think it's no. I wouldn't do it. I value my life more than that. If I could practice, you do hundred to one. What? Hundred parachutes. Hundred. And how how much money is involved? Five million dollars eh, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't get out of bed for that gary has much better earnings <laughs> potential than us it's a good question uh, i'm gonna move on to the next one if then. if it was something else like i became emperor of the world lex luther like something i could really have a lot of fun with yeah you do you, I'd, I'd five con- to one i'd consider no five to one for uh, emperor five of the to world? one is still i don't like the odds still because again Seven to one. again i just keep coming back to russian roulette and there's no i can't imagine any scenario where you'd get me to pick up that gun and pull the trigger and the parachutes are just a fancy way of saying that but a 20 to one a 20 chamber revolver it's a really ridiculously oversized revolver yeah that'd be kind of nutty um no i don't think i would do it Man, and six. i think and, and, and again i think even if i said i would if it became real i i, I wouldn't do I think it you'd back out once it became a real thing no See, I, I don't think do i would do it either what podcast was that again uh tested the guys will and norm we, we saw him at pax he signed my touchpad yeah 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 all right which it's now well, it's my off. turn again that's true everybody's going going with yeller what are yeller again Either personal topic or usually science, although apparently... Uh, I'm going to go with pink, because it's garish. Would you rather be hairy all over or completely bald? <laughs> hmm. We're going we're gonna to say this is normal levels of hairiness. You're not like a hairy Sasquatch. You're like... Are you sure? Well, I mean, think of someone you know that's hairy. Like a normal level of like super like, hairy. Like uh, Robin Williams? Yeah. So as a dude, I would either have to be completely bald or Robin Williams with like back hair, chest hair, like all of that. I'd rather be completely bald. Does completely bald include your eyelashes? Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Like you have like alopecia or whatever it's called. Oh, I guess I could like tape some on or something. But would it bother you not having eyelashes? Yes. That's pretty, pretty or, and dangerous. The, I mean, because like it blocks light from your eye or something or. Well, and you have nothing to filter dust and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Just have eye drops. It's better than shaving every day. I want I want my eyebrows too, actually. You, no, completely bald. Yeah, well, I have Williams. them like tattooed on or something. I don't okay, know. You can have them tattooed on, but you but, have no hair. All right. So which one do you choose? No hair. 
Melissa? I think it would be more socially acceptable to be completely bald yeah. as a woman. You could just say you're like a cat. Oh, get a wig. I guess you could. Does that count? Are we allowing wigs? Yeah, of course. Well, even if I went bald, like it would be more socially acceptable to be completely bald as a woman than to be hairy all over. I'm pleased you chose the option you chose. <laughs> hairy Sasquatch lady. I agree with Melissa. Yeah, it's more socially acceptable. It's more socially acceptable and you can put on fake eyelashes if you need to. All right, Melissa, how do you feel about me being hairy like Robin Williams? <laughs> Would you like to rub your fingers through my back hair? <laughs> Not particularly. Okay, then I think I've got to go with being bald. I will still love you, even <laughs> if you choose to be hairy. What if, what if this stupid melon like had no hair on it? It'd be the ugliest head in the world. Would you be okay with that? Back hair or like the ugliest head in the world? Is it lumpy? I don't know. See, that's what See, I've that's why I too. shaved my head that one time. Just to know? Just to, I mean, well, all those times, yeah. <laughs> but that first time was just to like... If I go bald someday, will it be horrible? Let's find out. <laughs> and it, it's not that bad. You think it's going to be. Everybody thinks that the second they're bald, it's going to be the worst thing ever. But it's... The worst thing ever to have long back hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's pretty Seriously. Bad. I would love I mean, me either I, way, Luke. You'd love me either way? Yeah. Yeah. I, I already have almost no hair anywhere. But <laughs> I'm glad I just revealed that. Um, we knew that you can't even grow like a beard. No, so this is not no, surprising. So. Yeah, I'd rather just, you know, be done with it because shaving is annoying. That is true. Especially... You just think of all the time you guys would just have to shave your legs. Peach fuzz. Could be, it's going to be worth it for not having head hair. I would have to wear sunscreen on my head, though. That's true. Or just a wig. You can get a cute wig. Or a hat. I still have to wear sunscreen. Under a wig? Yeah. Because, I mean, think like with your, like with normal hair, if you've got a part or anything like that, even with a wig, the mesh underneath the wig is still going to allow sunlight okay, to hit your fair skin. Enough. All right. I'm just saying... The balds have it. Yep, all balds. All right, green. Let's see what Luke topic we got. What? (laughs) Eyes are rolling. That was an epic eye roll. How do you feel about GPS and our current usage of it? Do you foresee a future where it fully replaces traditional maps? Didn't we already have this question? No. This was a question that ended up being more and more relevant on our Arizona trip. Because for the first time in my life, I relied on GPS instead of maps, and it ended up and being a disaster. You were terrible at it. I was so bad. And because I continued to use GPS day after day, I never mentally learned the geography. I just kept looking at Nick's phone. And so, like, on the third day when people asked me for directions, I had no idea where I was. <laughs> I yeah, became... whereas Courtney and I knew that we'd made a wrong turn, even though nobody listens to the backseat drivers. And I'm looking at the phone like, it's not updated yet. Oh, yeah, you were supposed to turn there. Oops. So GPS, do you, are you, are you pro GPS? I know a lot of people think it's a huge like value add when they buy a car or they get those like Garmin stick on ones that apparently are super cool. I think it's stupid. I have found that having the GPS is helpful. Even, I mean. Even in a town you know? In Olympia, I don't use the GPS because I know. You have one? Yes, we have one. Oh, like in the car? Yes. Okay. It doesn't live in the car, but we have one when we need it. But I have friends who live outside of you know city proper and getting to those places mostly to nino in that area you need i at least need the gps because even if i had even if i had you know google maps directions i would still want the gps in order to see where i'm going if that makes any sense sure sure and so that's how it's become helpful to me and I mean, when when I went to San Diego with Danielle, we had Danielle's GPS and neither of us knew San Diego. By the time we left, we knew we knew how to get around San Diego a little bit, like the area we were in, we knew how to get around. But the GPS was also helpful to we want X for, din- you know, for lunch 
and the GPS could find us a restaurant versus us driving around like crazy people looking for something to eat. That's a good point. It's easy to find things. Yeah. What do you think, sweetie? You're a map fan. Are you concerned that in 20 years people won't use physical paper maps or printouts or it'll just be GPS on our phones or on our glasses or something? I'm actually not concerned about that. You saw how dangerous it was in Arizona. Right. But I mean, I think there are still enough places where you don't get a signal for for the kinds of phone GPS stuff that most people are using. And I mean, most people aren't using the kind of mountaineering GPS that you would have signal someplace really remote. So there is still a need for traditional maps or at least tradi- traditional direction giving, <laughs> you know, drive 27 miles on Highway 3 or whatever. Um, so I guess I don't see a future where it totally replaces traditional maps. I definitely see a future where people don't learn how to read maps. Like kind of um, like how analog clocks I've heard aren't even being taught in schools anymore. Possibly. Seriously? I, yes. Sorry. That's real. <laughs> well, p- people don't usually use them unless it's a wristwatch. <laughs> you still need to know how to read. I mean, they're, they're all over the place still. They, they, you need to know how to read them. I, I don't like reading them. Whatever. I mean, I, I, yeah, I think map reading skills will decline, deteriorate over time for people. But I don't know. I mean, I think for us in Arizona, we we would have only been marginally better off with a paper map because a paper map of Arizona, I mean, the whole state, that's not going to help us figure out where dinner is necessarily. We would have needed the city map of Flagstaff. And even that might or might not have been super helpful. That's true. So... I think what's more problematic was the fact that because you were so focused on the GPS, you didn't watch where we were going. So you had no concept of landmarks or street names or anything. And me sitting in the back seat, all I did was watch out the window. So I had some sense, but you guys seemed so sure that you were going the right way that even when I knew for certain that this was not right, you kept going because you believe the technology, right? Because you believe the technology. And I think it's more user error than anything. I, I agree, Kelly. What? Any thoughts? Do you use GPS on your phone? Uh, a little bit. Do you Just, find it helpful? Uh, sure. I mean, that's the only really map service that the phone has. So, you know, I use it to get around Seattle once in a while. But yeah, it's yeah, it's useful, I guess. But I don't really use it for the GPS feature. I just use it for the map itself. And, like when you want to know how to get yeah, somewhere. get a yeah. route and then... I just, you know, kind of memorize the route and then go. So, yeah. You would be better off with a service like that. Because you're good at, like, looking at the map and memorizing the route. That's how you use Google Maps. That is how I use Google Maps. With the GPS, the advantage that the GPS that we have has is that you can, if it's plugged in, it will tell you how traffic is doing. And if traffic is terrible, it can get you around the traffic. That's true. It does have those kinds of meta features that you physically can't do with a paper map or your brain. And, I mean... If I was going, if I was going from the airport back home, and uh, there was a bunch of traffic at the base, I know that I couldn't get around it on my own because I don't know that area. Yeah. With the GPS, could get me around it, but I couldn't do it on my own. I would be stuck on I five until I got through it. So, I mean, that's for me. That's the advantage because I don't know that area. Excellent. Yeah. Blue card. Blue card. Danielle from Sacramento. Um, if you had to pick an established fantasy world to live in forever, which one would you choose? Established fantasy world. Does that include video games? I, I'd say we could argue it's yes. Fantasy, you could yeah. you could argue yes. However, I'm wait wait fantasy as in a... fictitious or fantasy as in like knights and like fantasy. 
So there are two, I, I, I was listening to an interview, there are kind of two major types of fantasy, if you're talking in the literary sense of fantasy. There's what's known as urban fantasy, which is fantasy-style literature that takes place in the real world. So like Dresden Files and stuff like that would be urban fantasy versus secondary world fantasy, I think is what they call it, which is like Tolkien and where you have to create a whole different world, basically a different earth. So do you, th- so which one, I mean, so you're saying Star Trek is not fantasy. I think, well, Star Trek's considered science fiction because the, the fantasy elements are all technologically based as opposed to most fantasy has to have some element of, it doesn't have to have magic, but there's almost always some element of the the magical or the fantastical in it. So you think yeah. instead of, I mean, this is maybe like a the so not issue. make believe world. Not, I think not she means fictional. Fantasy. She means fantasy. Well, that's what I mean. Dang it. Okay. My guess was going to be in terms of what she meant was um, literature as opposed to video games. A world from a book versus a world from a video game. Just knowing Danielle. She would lean more towards that. So she's probably listening to our conversation right now, just yelling. I just meant fictitious, you idiots. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know that she would thinking about pop cultural things. I don't know if she would necessarily consider the world of the Hunger Games to be a fantasy world. Enough of it's a fantasy totally world. urban fantasy though, because um, it's not science fiction, right? You you could argue that one, but not. And it doesn't have magic. Not Uncharted. I think it's. More her, more towards what she, her definition would be the way I know her. However, we can make whatever. Yeah, so say she's not here. We can answer however we want. Yeah. All right, Kelly, what's your answer? Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. Come back to me. Girls? Everybody, everybody's got this like long distance stare. Well, there's so many to choose from, right? Well, and the problem with a lot of fantasy worlds as a, as a girl is a, a lot of. You'd have to wear something that have your boobs popping out and like your midriff showing and <laughs> not necessarily, but That's I true. think yeah, but a, a lot of the a lot of the secondary world fantasy is almost based on kind of a pseudo medieval or even pseudo Renaissance Europe kind of a thing, which means that a options for women are often extremely limited. You're just making babies. Potentially. And B the the level of technology in the world is so low that even doing some basic like life things. You spend your whole day be, cooking food. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And tending fires and stuff. And so that makes it a little hard to want to choose one of those. Me and my like to fight dragons. <laughs> well, so I was actually Skyrim, aren't you? So I was actually thinking the Pern. I don't know if you read any of the Anne McCaffrey, the okay. dragon books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jackie's on board with this conversation. Because, um, I mean, yeah, it was fairly low tech, but um, I could, I could, I could ride a dragon if I wanted to. I would have to be okay with some sort of like weird polyandrous potential <laughs> like sexual relationship that's a little bizarre in that world. So I don't know that I could totally commit, but it would be fun to ride a dragon. All right. Well, okay. Again, are we saying that anything is allowed? Like, could, could I say the How to Train Your Dragon world? Yeah, that's totally a fantasy world. Hmm. I, I kind of <laughs> like that because then it's a nice dragon. And I've got awesome Viking parents. Uh, come back to me. I don't know. Amy? I have two worlds. Okay. That I I can't pick between. Doctor Who world, counts. All right, then three. <laughs> <laughs> it's TV. I was thinking literature when I first started out. Doctor Who world would be fun. Um, I'm sure someone's written a book, so it counts. There are books. Yeah, and there, there are go. comic books. Done. And a radio show and a magazine. Whoa. 
We'll have to come back to that someday. Excessive. <laughs> um, my first thought was Narnia. Oh, Narnia would be pretty sweet. Um, and I'm okay with the low tech because they had awesome dresses. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it also seems much okay. cleaner than many of the other. It's less gritty. Yes, yes that too. What's um, your second? You're not gonna like my answers. That's okay. I, yeah, you don't have to live in your world. No, that's true. Um, the other one would be Neverland because you get to fly. Ooh, Ooh yes. yeah. yeah. Does but everybody then, get to fly, or just people that know Peter Pan? Well, you need fairy dust and happy thoughts. That's it. Yes. Yeah. How do you get fairy dust? You shake a fairy really hard. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you squeeze them. Kelly, you gonna say Game of Thrones? That's I, well. I have two answers as well. All right, uh, yeah, one of them is the Game of Thrones or the the Song of Ice and Fire world. It's just cool. <laughs> Although I'd probably be killed. Yeah. Instantaneously. Pretty, pretty <laughs> rapidly. Day, day one. Day one. <laughs> For my boots, but yeah. Wait, what? Oh, because people would want to take your boots. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like a fashion faux pas. Yeah. Like I mean, if, if winter's coming, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm gonna have cold tootsies. I better." Kill Kelly. <laughs> Cover them up. I'd kill Kelly for his boots. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what, what's choice number two? I have to two? learn to use my sword real fast. Uh, world two is also a world where I'd probably get killed fairly rapidly. Let's be honest, um, we'd probably all get killed in our worlds. Probably. <laughs> um, it's a place called New Crobazon. Bringing up my favorite author again, China Mievel. He came up, he, he's written some kind of fantasy, sci-fi, horror books in this realm he calls Baslag. And there's a city called New Crobazone that's just really, really cool. Really, you know, weird, weird species and and peoples and uh, you know, like cactus men and and uh, women with bugs for heads. What? And yeah, yeah. Sounds like freaking Doctor Who again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's there's super. Doctor Who video game. It's super weird, and one. you know, also like t- kinds of magic, and but also you know, kind of a steampunk thing to it it's it's a pretty cool could i just live in like the steampunk universe there's so many there you go. do you really like steampunk that much i i love steampunk i think it's cool hmm. okay. come hang out with me in new chromosome it's pretty sweet <laughs> losing my wife to a book um that's okay because i think i would take star trek if it was allowed and just spend all of my time in the holodeck okay <laughs> I, I think i think i would turn into an actual addict i i can't imagine not Having a holodeck and not becoming an addict where you just spend all of your life inside of that thing. Yeah, you could like... Every time I ever watched the show, I was like, come on, people would not restrain themselves that much. Like it... No. It would be an instantaneous addiction. I couldn't imagine a world without one. The, the abuse of that system. I heard that there was an episode where someone did like, they developed an addiction and they had like a raunchy, quote unquote, whatever, like fantasy world, but it was like no worse than something you would see on... I mean, you know, it's like a PG television show. Yeah, right. I was going to say Star Trek is primetime TV. Yeah, yeah. So. and so, yeah, yeah they're watching it, and it was like, it was like scandalous, like that, and but... it was like, what? Like, it's girls in, you know, corset dresses and stuff. Like, you can see a little bit of boob, but no worse than Beverly Crusher's, you know, skin-tight outfit. Sure. Yeah, I'd go Star Trek just for the holodeck. Actually, Star Wars would be pretty sweet if eh. I could be a Jedi. Yeah, and only if. I would just force push everybody. I, I just want to clarify. <laughs> Next generation Star Trek? That's the one with the holodeck, right? Well, I don't remember a holodeck. That's where it's yeah. That's where the holodeck started. Yes, introduced in TNG, but I mean, there would have been a holodeck on Deep Space Nine. Why is it never shown? I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if it's a better holodeck, then I'll take Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> I want the best holodeck. 
Oh man, I want the most realistic one with the skankiest ladies. <laughs> I don't know. Be careful what you wish for, because because Captain Picard asked for a mystery that uh, even Data couldn't. I remember solve. that episode. Yeah, he, the, the phrasing Moriarty. was very important. He said he wanted one that Data couldn't solve. Not that Sherlock Holmes couldn't solve, but that Data couldn't or solve. That, and that he could. That would be a challenge to him, or something. Something like that. Like yeah. that and it yeah. was it was bad news for challenge everyone on the ship. Data is a quite a thing, apparently. All right, my turn. Listener question: Blue card, Kyle from Tumwater. How do you explain the recent success of the Hunger Games? No one likes children. Wow, that's an interesting. Take. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to see children dying in a pit. That's my theory. Kelly, you need some help. I don't know what to say. It's a sick book, uh, honestly. When did the book first come out? It's a few years old, actually. Is it come out, the first one? Mm-hmm. And then the last one came out like last year? Yeah. So this is Most a fairly recent phenomenon. Most of the kids I see with them have them in hardcover. Yeah. 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 So, But this did kind of just come out of nowhere, right? This author hadn't had any major success. She actually has. I mean, in the world of young adult fiction, she's had success. Um, but as like a... Harry Potter level kind of worldwide phenomenon. Okay, it's not that big though, right? I mean, Harry yeah. Potter and Twilight are both still bigger, right? Right? I don't know. It's hard to say. I have no idea. I, well, I mean, how do you well, define it, it bigger? Be, well, they, it feels like Hunger Games just came out of like thin air. Like it was instantly upon us, whereas I felt like Harry Potter and Twilight built a little bit more gradually. Right? I, I mean, think no, that, Twilight's was just as sudden. It's just Twilight's been around longer and it okay. took longer between the books and the movies for it to happen. Harry Potter, there were seven books and eight movies. So it, it I guess we could argue is the biggest, but um Is the Hunger Games movie that just came out just book one? I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm assuming so. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So what's up with the recent success? How did it go from book to like movie so fast and then I, like millions and millions of dollars? I I can't say for sure, but I think that it's it's kind of the Harry Potter phenomenon that we, you know, people fell in love with the books. They, you know, they started to make the movies. They fell in love with the movies. And then the movies and the books ended and there was this gap. And Twilight came in and kind of sort of tried to fill that except... The, so Harry Potter was the first one that we're yeah. talking about. Okay, sorry. You know, and this this gap was was realized that it was going to happen. The people reading it had the reading gap and the... You know, the movies, they were gonna, there was going to be the gap in the fact that the movies were going to end. And Twilight kind of came in to fill it, but kind of crashed on itself because, well, the story ended badly and the movies aren't very good. And so I think that some of the success of The Hunger Games is simply the fact that there's this void and somebody said, this is good, let's fill it with this, and it got promoted. So I actually read an article about this. Okay. okay. Somebody's theory I mean, that you're you're not far off. That it was actually the fact it was the movies or the, the movie rights for the Hunger Games that made the books popular hmm. to the level that they are. Okay. Because they're young adult fiction, which means that people definitely read them. I mean, and they're the right genre to become that worldwide phenomenon. It seems like young adult fiction really is kind of the the pressure point for getting, cause you can get a lot of young readers and their parents all to read the same things and they're easy enough to read. You don't have to be a super genius with an IQ of 115 in order to appreciate it. Um, but the, the company that bought the movie rights, um, did a pretty brilliant job of marketing the films through social media and getting, getting people talking about this thing that was coming 
And oh, The Hunger Games, wait, that's a movie? What? Oh, it's based on a book? Huh, I should read that book. And like just this kind of gradual groundswell that became, um, that felt very grassroots. Like people just seemed to discover it overnight, like you said, but it was actually a fairly carefully planned and really successful marketing strategy. And it worked on so, all of us. So for you, I mean, our introduction was a little bit special in that I bought you a Kindle and we have Prime. So we have free Kindle books. And that was the first one that I got for you. Because it was the highest rated book. Because it was the highest rated. So had you been pressured by friends or families to say, read this book? So we nope. kind of stumbled upon it like because of Amazon. Yep. I was the instigator in my social circle, actually. Really? You got other people to read it after? Amy and dad read it because I said it was good. I had wanted to read it before because okay. I'd heard from a number of people, but it, I wasn't I wasn't committed to it. And all of the people that had said anything about it were not people that were local that I could get the book from. Yeah. So I wasn't committed to going out and buying a book that I wasn't sure I was going to like. And because Melissa read it and said that it was worth reading, I was I would have been comfortable going out and buying it. The dad My dad it. just <laughs> happened to have bought it instead, and let me read it on his nook. So, which was great because there was no power and nothing else to do. Really. <laughs> I I, well, and I think, I mean, I think Kyle's question is more about like, what is it about that story that makes people care about it? I, I think it hits, I think it hits all of the sweet spots for popular literature. Okay. It's exciting. It's got a, an interesting narrator. She's, she's, Actually, pretty well written. She's fairly interesting. Is the narrator different than the main character? No. Okay. Um, it's all first person. Um, it's got a love story. The love story has some drama and some controversy. And Suzanne Collins writes really good tension. Kelly, have you read this book? Hunger Games? Yeah. Yeah. It's everybody but me. Okay. Just the first one, though. I haven't read the other two. I find it fascinating. Like, this seems to have come on, so in my mind, so fast that I honestly don't know any names of any of the characters. Like, like, it, like it's, it's, you know, it's not like a Harry Potter or something where I'm like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore dies. Like, that came out, like, instantly after the book came out. Or, you know, are you team... You just ja ruined it. Or are you team Jacob or team Edward? Like, like I get these names from other kinds of these... Partly because the, the, the names of people in the book are... Stupid. Yeah. Or are they actually oh, like something I don't. wouldn't have recognized? I might have heard and didn't realize it was they're a name. Awful. Give me one. Peta Is the main character? It's the name one of, of the, the boy whose parents are bakers. Like P-I-T-A? Like, no. Like P-E-E. -E. Oh, okay. Close enough. All right. So <laughs> what's the main character? Girl. Katniss. Katniss? Yeah. Katniss. With Why a K. Is the, why is that a name? And a and one of the characters calls her Catnip. I do not like these names. Nope. I, I'm on board with these big names. Oh, I mean, names. it's it's fantasy I, literature. I mean, what are you going to do? It, however, is kind of funny because there's another movie that has come out that I've only seen previews of that actually references The Hunger Games. Already? Yes, and it's hysterical. What's the movie? Uh, the Five-Year Engagement. Little girl mm. standing at the table goes, I'm Katniss, and shoots a bow and arrow, and shoots the arrow into one of the other characters' I, so, legs. Okay, so you just reminded me of something. <laughs> I actually heard from a bunch of, uh, like, <coughs> internet articles that the number of, like, children archery classes has just skyrocketed, oh, it, like, uh, crazy the, fast. Oh, yes, it's actually kind of terrifying. Because you don't like kids having bow skills? Well, this, um, this always because happens. Because the reason why... Yeah, magic stuff goes up when Harry Potter gets But, there. I mean, the reason, like... These kids want to become hunters. I don't know. Or their parents want to let them become hunters or something. Wait, is she a like, hunter? Yes. She's a poacher. Oh, fascinating. I mean, she wouldn't call herself a poacher. She's more like Robin Hood. You know, I'm starving, so I'm going to go kill the king's deer. It's yeah. more like that. But, I mean, most of her hunting skills in the books 
are used stalking people. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Because it's, I mean, it's fundamentally a book about children killing it's other gladi- children. Like gladiator battles, right? Essentially. Essentially. Sort of. Sure. Yeah. It's like if the guys who did Double Dare on Nickelodeon were allowed to make it dangerous. Okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. Right, does that sound? <laughs> yeah, it does actually sound. Yeah. Is the movie worth watching? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Kelly. You no didn't goop. take me. What? Good. Wow. Good movie or not? <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. I don't really. You haven't seen it either. I haven't seen the movie. So three huge Hunger Games people haven't seen the movie. I'm not a huge Hunger Games, but I didn't like it. Oh, okay. You didn't like no, it. No, I didn't. I thought it was poorly done. I thought it was. It felt like a book that was trying to say something about. You know, like a like a slippery slope or something that you know. This is it's Lord of the Flies kind of thing, or what? Yeah, or, no, or like Logan's Run, maybe. Okay. Um, and it didn't feel like it actually delivered on the message or something. I don't know. It didn't. It didn't overtly say, "Oh, this was terrible." You know, this is. I don't know. Read the other two. Read if the you, other two. If All you can right. get them for free. Um, you know, borrow them or something. It's worth reading the other two. If for no other reason, then she does a pretty fantastic job of creating. A narrator with PTSD. <laughs> like, like it's super real. Yeah. That's wow. Um, cool. right. uh, I, I and mean, the end is, well, most people don't like the end. I thought end of the third cool. book? Except the epilogue. Wait, the wait. actual end of the third book, exactly what it should have been. Oh. As much as Melissa is, you know, talking about how awesome she thinks these books are, I felt like they I were written them. a little too fast. I like too them. fast isn't too quickly or I, the the plot moves too fast. Well, it goes really fast and I need to reread them. I just haven't because I'm not sure I remember all of what happens in the entire story. But there was this little part of me that by the time I got to the end, I really wished that that there had been more time taken to write the books because they felt like they had just been cranked out. I liked I suppose, it. I, I liked them, but I wished that they had been that there had been just a little bit more time to and I know that she's written some other things, but it's kind of to develop to develop the writing a little bit better. Because when you, not to the point of J.K. Rowling's where suddenly the book is a mile long and you just want to throw something at her because it's too long. But just that kind of develop of, you know, more along the lines of how um, C.S. Lewis developed his writing from mm. Lion, the Witch, and <clears throat> Wardrobe to Last Battle. He developed his writing. He got better at it. I didn't see a markable get, getting better at the writing in this, and because it is a series, there's there was this part of me that was disappointed that that was lacking. That's the only criticism I have of the book. I and disagree. The I didn't like the end. I got to the end. I got to the end, and I did not feel like I was cheated out of my money. Well, you you okay? Fair enough. I said the first book you got for free, and then the next book you I got bought, for three dollars. I bought and then, all three of them. I know you just didn't pay very much. So I'm just saying that, like, I paid seven dollars the last one. Fair enough. Um, which, but I, regardless, I didn't feel cheated out of my money, and I have felt that way before with books, particularly series that don't come to an appropriate resolution. They leave too much hanging, or they take a weird turn, and you can't understand why. I didn't. I didn't ever feel like that. It's not the most brilliant thing I've ever read in my entire life, but I enjoyed it. I, I really. I mean, it was like a. It was a summer blockbuster. It was, you know, it was one of those really good movies that comes out in May. It's never going to win an Oscar, but you you felt like it was worth your 10 bucks to go see the movie. Like the, uh, the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. When I saw that in theaters, I really liked it. No, it was not the best movie I've ever seen in my entire life. But will I go see the next one? Yes, I will. So J.J. Abrams. By the way, Benedict is in it. I know. I'm just saying. Who? Uh, the Sherlock, Sherlock the British guy who plays Sherlock in the new BBC Sherlock series, is going to be the bad guy in the new Star Trek movie. But there's another Star uh, Trek movie coming. J.J. Abrams is working on it. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Benedict cool. is also in The Hobbit. 
He was in Tinker Tailor and Warhorse. So this and guy's rolling rumored, in dough. He and is he's rumored kind of to crazy. be in Doctor Who. They Stop. Won't <laughs> he didn't mention that. In All right. I read. I know he won't mention any of it. We are don't say for sure. We are going to have to wrap this up. I need to give a quick fantasy F1 league update. Scott is still in first place. Amy has unfortunately taken second away from me. I'm in third. Dave is in fourth. Melissa's in fifth. And Jackie is dead last in sixth. So hopefully I turn my team around. And Kelly's winning his own Kelly league. is totally losing because he's not even participating. Loser. All right. You guys can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash TNS podcast. You can also send us some questions because we've got a need. Uh, TNS podcast at gmail.com. This week's dubstep is awesome. Melissa even liked at least half of the song. <laughs> she looks confused by that. It's called Yo-Ho and a Bottle of Bass. And it is a pirate dubstep song by a guy named Omnitika. Arr. And it is pirate dubstep. And <laughs> Melissa came in the house and I was listening to it. She's like, this is kind of a cool song. And then the dubstep hit. She's like, oh, no, now it's not a good anymore. But at least half of it she thought was pretty good. So The pirate half. The pirate half. So you should listen to Yoho and a bottle of bass. We'll be back in two weeks, which should be around the time that Melissa does her half marathon. We'll get an update on her from how sore she is and how fast she ran it. All of those good details. Maybe we'll even get Shannon on. We'll have another big person podcast. You guys can lament being out of shape or something. I don't know. Hopefully, Hopefully not. Hopefully they're not out of shape Hopefully at this not. point. Hopefully not. All right, so we will see you guys again in two weeks or thereabouts. Okay, bye.